0: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. This is such great timing. Aaron Blake from the Washington Post is in the on-deck circle because yet another piece that he authored caught my eye. This under the headline, is Kamala Harris really the most unpopular vice president in modern history? A good data-driven analysis. And and this comes on the heels of, of a lot of attention, not all of it, in conservative outlets. I don't regard Politico as a conservative outlet. Politico had a big piece recently, quote, not a healthy environment, Kamala Harris's office rife with dissent. There have been a number of portrayals of of her first six months as being Rocky. Uh, And the perfect timing is that today, Mike Allen's newsletter led with the so called one big thing And it was a report of a Kamala Harris crisis dinner, quote, a group of the Democratic Party's most influential women met for dinner at a home in the nation's capital last month to game out how to defend Vice President Kamala Harris and her chief of staff against a torrent of bad press. And then in the category of why it matters. Quote, it's telling that so early in the Biden-Harris administration, such powerful operatives felt compelled to try to write the vice president's ship. The host or hostess for the event was Kiki McLean, a Democratic public affairs expert and former advisor to both the Clintons. I should also note for completeness that nobody from the vice president's office was at the dinner. Um. Quote, but Harris is attuned to her outside network of supporters. Makes me wonder: Are these people who are being influenced by some of the negative coverage in the press, but without the support of the the vice? M- maybe it's self-perpetuating. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Conservative outlets, they pick up negative stories about the vice president. They get repeated, whispered down the lane. All of a sudden, people who are well-intentioned on her behalf gather together. A story gets written, and it ends up being something else that people like me end up talking about. This is Aaron Blake from The Washington Post. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Did you happen to see the, uh, the Mike Allen piece today?
1: I I did see it real briefly. I'm not too in tune to all the details of it, I should say.
0: Right. But but what thought do you have as to what I just said, meaning is this all self-perpetuated? I mean, you you address the numbers and essentially say, no, is she the most unpopular vice president in modern history? That's not supported by the data. But these stories seem to build on one another.
1: Yeah, and I've I've certainly noticed that. I I think that there is a sense and it's not unreasonable that um, that she hasn't been doing as well as people would like for her to have been doing. Um, And I think that is borne out to some degree in the polling, not not necessarily the idea that she's the most unpopular vice president in modern history, which I found is 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 not really something that's borne out in the numbers, but that she does lag behind. The President, which isn't totally normal at this point, uh President Biden is generally more popular than she is, you know part of it also of course can be that she is is tasked with a very difficult uh, job which is trying to take control of the situation at the border. Um, there have been reports that her team is not terribly happy that they've been tasked with this very thankless job, but of course that's something that vice presidents generally are are given they're given these tough jobs because they can focus more exclusively on them. Um, so but I, I think it's important to put the, the numbers in, in in context, which is we're in a very polarized political time. She's very evenly divided as far as her popularity goes right now, according to basically all the polls that we're seeing right now. So really, I think the jury's out as far as uh, at least the public perception of her.
0: When you look at the data for modern vice presidents, whatever modern might, might mean, I usually think of it as 80 forward. Uh, What do you find? Like, how does she stack up?
1: So the impetus for the piece was, uh, was something that's been floating around in in conservative uh, social media and websites. It basically all traces back to a report this weekend from the Telegraph, which is a conservative uh, newspaper in Britain, that declared her to be the most unpopular VP in the last 50 years. So they did, you know, they looked at the the available polling going back to, I think, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter uh, era and, and looked at how she compares and discovered that she had maybe the worst numbers. Well, her numbers are very similar to Mike Pence's. Uh, that is, there's about as many people who like her as dislike her. There might be slightly more who dislike her. Um, But that's also very par for course. And and if you look at the numbers, if you apply the margins of error, she's basically in the very same position that Mike Pence was about four years ago at this time. Does a vice
0: president normally run ahead, behind or even with the president?
1: It's a good question. Mike Pence certainly ran ahead of uh, of 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 President Trump. Uh, A lot of politicians did, of course. Uh, Going back to the Bush era, we, of course, had Dick Cheney, who was often significantly more unpopular than George W. Bush was. But I think generally speaking, vice presidents are able to weather difficult times for presidents more than those presidents are because they can pick and choose their spots. They're not in people's face constantly. And so you see somebody like Al Gore during the Clinton years was was regularly quite popular. And so was Bill Clinton to some degree. But I think it was more consistent with Gore. Uh, that people liked him up into, up until uh, he actually ran for president and and lost despite being largely popular. so uh, I don't know that there's necessarily a consistent trend on there, but certainly the the two are are regularly tied together.
0: I'm sure that some listening to this conversation will wonder whether any of her poorer standing as compared to to other vice presidents is attributable to her gender or her race.
1: You know, I think that's a that's a very valid question. And it's something that a lot of people are asking right now, given she does lag behind President Biden and also given that a lot of the attacks right now uh, seem to focus on her more than than Biden. We've seen over the last I think even dating back to the tail end of the campaign that Republicans really kind of struggled to to land attacks on Biden. They 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 kind of changed their their main lines of attack frequently looking for something that would stick. Uh, for a guy who was pretty personally popular as far as things go these days, relatively speaking. And so we've seen a lot more focus on Kamala Harris for whatever reason. Uh, and that could certainly play into the fact that her numbers are a little bit worse than, than the president's. And, and I would expect that, um, that, that this would continue, that this would continue to be a focus, especially in light of the reports that you, you've referenced that suggest that there's some discord behind the scenes. Uh, with her staff and that there's not exactly a whole lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of questions about what's going on there behind the scenes.
0: I would argue that typically, traditionally, it's difficult for a vice president to stand out. I think it was very difficult. I mean, Mike Pence was so constantly being uh, overshadowed, as was everybody else by Donald Trump. In this instance, by virtue of the reference you made to the border uh, responsibilities that she's been given, Um, you know, she's been put on the hot seat. So I guess there will be decisions more easily made as to her merit. That's a tough job, but if she can do something about it, it's also an opportunity for upside.
1: Yeah. And I think um, with Pence, I think that was a little bit of an unusual circumstance in that, he really faded to the background uh, for most of the presidency. Uh, he, he didn't really subscribe to President Trump's conspiracy theories. He, he spoke approvingly of him publicly, but didn't really align with a lot of the things that the president was saying. Um, but then he had his big, um, you know, his big chance to kind of take uh, the front seat when he took over the, the coronavirus task force. Um, obviously, that's a very difficult job, and so is the border. Um, but, you know, when it comes to being vice president, I think it really boils down to how you handle those those very specific tasks that you're you're given, because otherwise you're generally not not in the spotlight. And so you're right. I think to the extent, you know, it's it's very early in the presidency. Kamala Harris has a lot of time left, um, but she will largely be judged on how she handles the border and these very specific things that she's tasked with.
0: You conclude your piece by saying none of that means Harris is doing a great job. And the fact that her numbers tend to lag behind Biden's is perhaps the best evidence that Americans are hardly happy with her. But that doesn't mean she's the most unpopular vice president in modern history either. On that front, she's got plenty of competition from her immediate predecessor and her numbers so far are rather unremarkable for this day and age in politics. Anything you wish to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think that last point is really is really significant here. I remember when I started covering politics, you know, we had politicians who were in the 60s with their approval ratings. Um, We had, you know, senators who were really popular back home, even if their states didn't necessarily align with their brand of politics. It's very difficult for a politician to stay with an approval rating even in the 50s these days. The default is almost always kind of that evenly split high 40s between the two. And and generally speaking, you can only fall from that. So um, I I think that's, you know, so I wanted to emphasize that this wasn't necessarily saying Kamala Harris is doing a great job or she's being unfairly attacked or anything like that. It's really a matter of kind of our political day and age. And it's something worth keeping an eye on rather than pretending like this is something totally unusual for her to be a couple of points underwater after a few months of the administration.
0: Just a final thought to piggyback on that. I'm 59. And if I should fulfill the actuarial tables, I'm doubtful that I will live to see a landslide presidential election in my lifetime. Another one, I yeah, should say. And,
1: it, yeah. And if you look back, I, you know, part, as part of this, I looked back at how some of the VPs were viewed, you know, three, four decades ago and they were very popular. I mean, we had Al Gore 30 points above water. That's just not really feasible in today's day and age. If you're in the mid-50s, you're doing a pretty good job just because of how polarized we are.
0: Nicely done. Thank you so much, Aaron. I really appreciate your work. Thank you, Michael. Aaron Blake's a senior reporter for The Washington Post. That piece you can find in my social media. Please follow it. Okay, so here's one way of looking at it. You know, of course, that at the end, I'll say perhaps the truth lies somewhere in between. Uh, One way of looking at this is that she's she's unpopular in comparison to other vice presidents. You can slice and dice this data any way you'd like. Um, She's unpopular because she's doing a poor job. She's unpopular because Joe Biden has saddled her with the border situation, given her a monumental responsibility that essentially, not deliberately, but sabotaged her in a sense. Or you could say Kamala Harris is being beat up on disproportionately. She's the focal point because what separates her from the president? Her gender and her race. Here's another consideration that I can throw into the mix, which is to say uh, she wasn't that impressive. As a candidate, she dropped out. I keep saying this. I better fact check myself. She dropped out before the first vote was cast. When we think about Kamala Harris on the campaign trail, what do we think of? We think of that that debate where she delivered the broadside at Joe Biden over busing, sought to capitalize on it, had the T-shirts all ready to go. I mean, that was her shining moment in the campaign, but she didn't last, as I recall. To officially withdrew her candidacy on December third, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay, so that I'm I'm correct in saying so. So she wasn't a stellar candidate. There were other reasons for Joe Biden to turn to her, notwithstanding her lack of standout performance as a vice president. How about if I simply ask, "How's she doing? How's she doing? What's your thought?" There've been there've been stories that have transcended the conservative media, that Politico story about a very disjointed office environment rife with dissent was one.
1: The Smirconish podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and at Smirconish.com.
0: Hey, it's me, your barista. You know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Well, now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. And it's foaming delicious. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious.